so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Dans le paquet, il n'est pas si bien en jeu face à Joël Bach et ça va être le but de Bruce Wallet But de Wallet 1-0 pour l'Olympique de Marseille Hi everyone and welcome back to the Marseille View. Um, I'm Ben, I'm your host tonight for the second time after being hosted by Steph last week. Um, was hoping I wouldn't have to do this too much, but here we go, and I'll probably get better at it and enjoy it more as we go along. But welcome back. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by Alex. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Um, we've we've had the whole NFL discussion, so you may need to make fun of me on the show, um, but uh, it is what it is. Um, we're also joined by Julien. Hi, Ben. Hi, everyone. Good to have you Good back, evening. mate. Yeah, yeah. Very happy to um, be back. And our, uh, our US resident with the deep voice, Lewis. Hey there, how's it going? I will, I'd like to remind our listeners that I am not American. I just uh, was unfortunately grew up there, but I'm very much French <laughs> and, and English. It counts. It still counts. But anyway, welcome back, guys. Um, so tonight we're going to be debriefing our... Uh, I'd have to say a quite monumental win away to loss on Saturday night. Um, we'll have a bit of a discussion around some tactical updates and, and what we're seeing and, and how this could shape the rest of the season. Brief brief chat about the, the transfer window. Are we expecting any more action, whether that's departures or arrivals? And then a bit of a few news items at the end. So Saturday night, off the back of a... Uh, frustrating draw, I guess, at home to, to Lille last weekend. Um, frustrating in the sense that we were up against 10 men for, for the best part of 60 minutes and failed to win. Um, could, could even argue we were lucky to equalise. I guess we, we we sort of approached the last game, so you're looking at it thinking, oh, another game against a big rival, even though that they've been struggling a bit for the last couple of months. They uh, you know they, they caused us huge troubles at the Velodrome. I think they... they humbled us when they played us at the Villodrome back in um, was it late October and it was it was one of those where you're thinking mm, they always they, they always difficult to play for Fanaz on fire um, but on the optimistic side we're thinking oh we're away from home so we may not struggle as much and lo and behold um, I think you know we we can easily say I've, I'm going to say it with the Monaco performance earlier this season this was this probably our best performance of the season um, and we came away with a 2-0 win, courtesy of, um, of Dimitri Payet penalty to Gendouzi won, and then Gendouzi turned provider for new signing Bakambu, who got his first goal for the club, and who shows everybody else that's played on the left wings that you don't constantly have to take too many touches of the ball and track back. You can also shoot and score. What did you guys make of it? Yeah, no, that was um, obviously a, a big win. Um, I, I think for St. Pauli, it was a key game because, um, as we said previously in the pod, um, the first game against Lens was, was a big switch. 
So before, you know, we, we used to um, build up with three at the back and take a lot of risk in our passes and playing, you know, very attacking and, you know, taking a lot of risk of being counted. And since that game, because Lance pressed us so well and, and had such an amazing game against us and won, we've changed our, our setup. And and I think you, you could see with, with this return game, um, how much Sao Paulo prepared that game and how we evolved as a team and uh, as a squad and the way we play. So I think that that was very interesting. So the key thing for me when I looked at the line... Um, just, yeah. just, just on that, just to, to highlight what you're saying, I think that it was one of the questions that they asked Sao Paulo on Friday in the press conference. And he actually answered it. I think a few people were pissed off about this on social media because he answered... He was like, oh, after the first game, what do you think? How difficult? What do you expect against loss and stuff after last time? And he actually said, this is a test and we will see how much we've learned. So just back up what you're saying. Here you go. I think it was it, it was so clear. And I think I, I talked about it in the previous podcast. I think that, that was, for me, the, the key game. We really switched from, uh, you know, we had a back three in the build-up to using a back four. And since then, you know, we put Rangier on the, as a right back and build up with four and even build up with five because... Then we have now um, our goalkeeper, Polo Pess, in the build-up. So, last, you know, it's a team that is amazing when they can press you. And we've seen that in the first game. But the key thing on, on Saturday is that they couldn't press us. They are their three forwards pressing us hard. They, they try to. But because we have that line of five, we have the two central defenders, the goalkeeper, and the two fullbacks, they just couldn't do anything. And I think that that was one of the key points of, of the game because then, you know, because they couldn't press us, they couldn't really, you know, build on that momentum and decided to to trap back. And then we had the control of the ball and control of the pitch. And so I think that that was a key thing on the lineup is that we are Rangier back because he allows us by intelligence, by movement as a right back um, to be able to, 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 to counter that press. So that was key. And then the other important part, I think, in that game, when you look at the lineup, is that obviously we didn't have Milik. And, and that's a clear decision, I think, for, for two things. I think one thing is in attack because he's not as quick as mobile, especially when you're away from home. Like You want to have some speed and, and movement, and Milik is not quite that guy. But then secondly, I think in terms of a, a stru- defensive structure, because you remove Milik, but you, you keep like if you have Milik and Payet both at the same time, you know, as compact as if you have only one paye and then you have a Jason on the, you know, in the middle and so on. So we, we look a lot more compact with that Milik as well. And I think that was very important. And um, yeah, overall, I mean, it was, it was because we are so compact, we counter press very well. We got the ball a lot. We created chances because we had some, some better movement. We had our wingers, you know, coming in with these deep runs, midfielders also like Jason and, and Genduzi doing these runs as well. And over we, we we found a way to score and then um, and decided in the second half that we were going to step back a lot more, you know, take your time and defend well, which which we did. And uh, one counter is all we needed to to make the difference. So, um, yeah, amazing, amazing results and an amazing team effort. And uh, kudos to some Pauli who, you know, proved us that he's, he's improved as well. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to um, say... It's- Sorry, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I can, I love the, the end there where you said, you know, kudos to Sampali because a lot, he has a reputation at least here in France and actually everywhere of just, you know, the short, bald, tattooed guy who just screams all game, and, and 
he he still is that guy. Like he very much, you can hear him, especially with the five thousand fans in the stadium. You can hear him, dale, dale. You know, you can hear him telling his boys to press all the time. But that this was a a really important reminder to everybody and us Marseille fans that he is also a, a tactical manager who can really provide something. I what I loved was at halftime. Uh, I was I'm, I'm I'm in France at the moment, so I was watching the. Uh, the French coverage of it. And at halftime, they interviewed, I think it was uh, Sotoka, who's the uh, striker for Lens. And I just loved seeing him. You know, he he said, basically, uh, we've, we've tried to press them and we just can't. And there was this kind of admission of they're just, they're, they're, they've got it right and we've got it wrong, which is impressive considering how, I mean, Franquez, uh, Lens's manager, is, is a, a fine tactical uh, uh, coach as well. I think he's one of the finest in France, to be honest, with with maybe Galtier. Um, and so to see that there was this, I mean, obviously they, they he, he had that speech of, you know, we're going to go in second half and we're going to turn it around. And to be fair, the first 10 minutes of the second half, they it seemed like things could be changing. Um, but I was so proud to see that it, we, we weren't just better individually. We were much better just as a team. Uh, uh, as you said, they, it was difficult to press us at the back because obviously there were five of us in the. In, in, I say us as if I was on the pitch, but uh, there, there were you know five Marseille players in the build-up at the back, but also the counter-pressing, which makes it. I mean, you know, the 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 biggest thing for me, I think, that uh, demonstrates how effective we were is is Seko Fofana and, and Sheikh Dukure's game, which was, you know, they're two very dynamic midfielders who were involved in uh, almost every phase of Lance's game. And I mean, they, they were, they were, you know, invisible for the whole game almost. And that's real credit to Sampali, real credit to Rongier when it, when it comes to Fofana, who, I mean, he seemed to be everywhere that Fofana was, Rongier was right there behind him. Um, But yeah, very, very proud of that aspect of the game. Yeah. You said everything guys. Uh, um, I totally agree with the, um, with like with your um, like uh, comments on the on the team performance, it was uh, next to perfect. Like it it's it's really the uh, the most um, the most consistent uh, game we've had. I think for me, I put it uh, even like way ahead of the of the Monaco game earlier on because um, the Monaco game there was also a part of this. This Monaco was in bad form, and there was a part of this surprise with with Diang, who who had a really great game, and and the Monaco defender that was on Diang was not very good, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And this time against Lens, like it it just felt like um yeah they were just totally outplayed, and 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 the the performance was next to perfect. Even the our player who had uh, who had the the few players who had the bit less good game, they were still good. Like like they they would still still get a a positive uh, grade if I had to to grade them like ev- everyone did did their part and it was really nice to watch and um, it felt yeah it felt really nice and I hope we'll see more of that in the future. Yeah, well, 100% agree, guys. You've said it all. Um, yeah, it was it was a top performance and the the best part was is that we maintained the, the sort of level. Even even in the second half, when we were a bit more under pressure, we were still playing out from the back very effectively and putting ourselves into very good positions to counterattack. And it, it's been frustrating at times, but we I felt we were a bit more, or well, a lot more direct in our build-up play. 
Um, a couple of points to, to pick out, I guess. You know, there were parts in the first half. We, we were just all over them for 20, 20 minutes. Um, the usual sort of creeping frustration sets in because we're over-dominating them and we're keeping the ball and we're possession and and, and we're, we're doing well-drilled running and everybody, there was a lot of movement for a change. Everybody was, was making runs, vertical runs for a change. But again, you sort of thought, shoot, shoot, shoot. Every time we were in front of the box and it's a bit frustrating. So one player who did shoot was Valentin Rongier. With his left foot, and so you know when he shoots, first of all you're surprised. With his left, even more surprised. Gets it on target, you're like wow, and then it it, it just it just somehow hits the crossbar, the goalkeeper, and then the post, and then doesn't go in. Um, so that was it was frustrating, but we scored not long after that. Um, I guess Julien, just just because we were we were talking about it, and you raised it before the the pod. I mean. Milik, Alex touched on it, the, the Milik debate, we, we have this debate, it feels every week, but he interestingly came out today, did an interview for Polish, the Polish Canal Plus saying, look, you know, there is an issue, we've looked at it with the team, um, there are points in the game I look up and I realise it's been 20 minutes and I've touched the ball twice, uh, we, we just, we're just on clicking and it's a tactical thing and yes, I, I can improve too, but it, there, there is a tactical readjustment that that, that could take place because of the team is just not playing to my strengths. And what, what's your view, Julien, on that? Because you, you raised it before. So, oh, okay. Uh, t- um, to be to be honest, I didn't know I I didn't know uh, about that declaration. Um, so you know, but it, I think it's great if uh, if Milik um, opens up in the press about that. I think it's a it's a sign of uh, it's a sign of maturity and it's a sign of uh, you know that despite the things that despite the fact that things are not really clicking uh you know there is a goodwill on uh, on his side too and on everyone's side so i like his uh, i like this it's not easy for a for a, you know for for a player of, of of his caliber to to open up like that and to to openly admit that you know that he's not um for different reasons he's not being efficient to the team and that it's uh it's Quite partly is his fault. Um, at the moment, it will it will also be a lot about uh, how Bakambu, uh, uh, you know, how, how good he is. I think, of course, he played like a, a great 20 minutes. He scored um, he scored a goal less than than three minutes after stepping in, so he's great. To be fair, the um, the keeper of Lens is not maybe it hasn't got the best doesn't make the best choices both. Position wide and moves on on that goal. It's I, I I heard he was not happy with himself, and you know you can see it's it's, it's not the best. Uh, so clearly a bit lucky goal. You know it goes between his legs and etc. Um, but yeah. So but but I don't know if Bakambu uh, if, if Bakambu is is also very good. We we can almost make it without Milik. The question is, I'm not sure Milik will agree to be like uh, you know like a fringe player. He's he, so so then what will happen because i'm sure Milik could help us in uh, in the cups and etc but but um at least you know even if it doesn't get better but um uh i don't know guys what what do you think what do you think this will lead to can he leave even like there is still a bit of uh, mercato time do you think he can leave or what's your uh, what's your guys uh, uh you know vision I, of, of the situation I'll, I'll, I'll ask a, i'll ask a question here because i feel like this is something I, I may have noticed a tiny bit but i actually don't have the answer to this it feels like when milik isn't in the rotation we end up 
uh, first of all, I think collectively as a team, we I think we play better. I think that was certainly the case at the beginning of the season when when he was injured. Um, but we also, uh, it seems, uh, and I don't have the stats to back this up, but it seems like we do rely a lot on crossing it into the box. Um, now, it was less so the case against the Nulls, even though there were moments where we were passing it around the box. You know, as as Ben said, everybody's saying, shoot, 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 and we're not shooting it. We're trying to pass it into the into the goal. And then it'll get to Genduzi on the right or Under on the right or anyone on the left, and then they'll cross it in. And it's almost comical because they're crossing it to virtually no one. Uh, if I mean, sometimes Jerson ends up in those positions and you can tell that he's got absolutely no clue what to do in those positions. And then as soon as Milik is in the squad, it feels like we're getting far less of those chances. Now, I don't know if that's a, again, I don't have the, the stats to back it up, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, does his presence hinder the buildup and hence hinder, you know, th- this, this idea that we can uh, cross it into the box a lot. Um, b- because it feels like if we were crossing it into the box and Milik was there, I, I think him more than anyone in the club would know what to do with the ball in that situation. You know, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if you guys have noticed it's, that. It's a tough one because he, I think, um, who was it who was analyzing? It was Jean-Pierre Papin did, did a, an interview as well this week where he, he was trying to analyze and explain the difficulties. And he, he makes, you know, he, he's, Papin was, it's Papin, he's the, you know, the, the, the striker by instinct, perfection. But he explains, he's like, you know, really look, compared to last year and, and the positions that Milik is in and, the positions his teammates are in when we're, when we're attacking and the choices that are made in the build-up. He, um, you know, Minnick's the type of guy, he wants the ball to feed and then he wants to, to have the space to turn around and have that half yard of space to pick a shot or pick a pass. And because we're, we're, we're playing so high up the pitch compared to last year, he's now he now has to play a role with his back to goal, which doesn't suit his style and also doesn't particularly, you know, mentally, it can be very frustrating unless you're, you're one of those strikers like Giroud that's a bit selfless and, and likes making your teammates play and be a bit of a you know deep lying playmaker as a, as a false as a pivot. Um, so that's I think that's part of the explanation. And either we readjust tactically, either he adjusts to the role, or it's going to be yet another another striker that adds to the list of um, of, of, of you know just just unproductive strikers at the end after a good start. But I don't think personally we really have a crossing team as such, or at least it's not the kind of lineup that Sampaoli puts. I mean, Under is not really a crosser. What he likes to do is to shoot. On the left side, okay, we have Luis Enrique, but he doesn't play that much. So what we put is mostly like 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 a Dieng, uh, who is not a crosser at all. He's a striker that comes from from the left. And then we have um, uh, Conrad, who is more like a guy that will dribble and do that back pass in, in the box, not, not really quite, quite a cross. Um, so I don't think the the qualities of the players we have up front really suit Milik, um, especially because we play so high up the pitch. Like you know, he doesn't have a lot of space, and and the box is crowded usually by defenders, as 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 you guys say more than our players. So even when we do have crosses, the the, the poor guy like is is battling against two or three defenders. Um, and I think his, his technique as a pivot and as a as a point of you know passing and sometimes he comes back down almost like a false nine and his technique on on these movement in short spaces is just not good enough. It's just not really good. A lot of his passes are are not uh, in tempo. They're not on the players. Um, a lot of his run when when he, there's not much space 
are not quite with the, the, the speed and explosivity that you would want for, for that type of game. Um, so, yeah, o- o- overall, for me, he's just not the right fit. When you see when he was doing well at um, at Napoli, he, if I remember well, Napoli usually kind of used to be pressed and they find a way to to build up and beat that press until there, there was loads of space for Milik to come as a kind of false nine, as a pivot, pushing the, the, the ball back to a winger and then the cross coming in. But we'll have a lot of space, a lot of speed, a lot of momentum. But the way we play, there's no space at all for a striker. If anything, he'll be he's useful as a decoy. So he's there in, in the box. One of our winger comes in, dribble and do a back pass within the box. And he's there as a decoy to come and push the, the central defenders away for one of our midfielders. Problem is our midfielders cannot shoot. <laughs> um but yeah, look, I think he will be, you know, he will be useful at some point. I mean, he's a great scorer. He's a great scorer. There's no doubt about it. But overall, he's an average, even below average player. And the fact that we, our, our main goal is not to lose the ball more than anything, he's not really the best for that. And also to be compact in the counter press or just in, you know, in, in, in the defense, he's, he's not quite the guy, especially if he's next to Payet. So, I've got questions for for Milik. I, I don't think he will be uh, the, the 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 player will will go with, especially if Bakambu really develop as that kind of you know speedy guys who can connect and you know dart into the defense. Then then I well, think Milik will struggle. Yeah, but well, part of his interview as well, Milik, they asked, look, what do you think of Bakambu? Is it a threat? And he you know he sort of said, well, as you saw on Saturday, Bakambu came on came on on the left. Maybe that's an option for me. Maybe I'll link up better with him. So, again, we'll see what Sampoli decides. It's just, yeah, agree with, with everything you, you've all just said, I guess. it's. But but the frustration is why, you know, if you knew that was going to be our main number one when we were going into the season, and, and yes, the, we, we all knew that, that, that undoubtedly Sampoli would make a, a tactical adjustment compared to last season. But, yeah, to make such an adjustment so brutally... That, that basically starves your, your striker of, of space and, um, and, and, and goal-scoring chances, especially in the system where you are sort of crying out for those chances. And as we've said, our, our midfielders aren't exactly shooting from distance. It's We'll see. You know, touch words, it's, it's worked out so far. We've got results. We, we, look, we do look more compact. And we, we do look more threatening without a striker, surprisingly. But I think it's just partly down to Jackson having really adapted well to that role. We'll see if there's a way back for Milik. I think in the Conference League, you know, if he does play, I think that's where we'll see him shine because against smaller teams, he he has that experience and that instinct in the box and we, we, we're likely to have a lot more space than we do in Ligue 1 against these teams. Um, to, to move on, uh, another big performer in the game, um, and I'm, I'm glad because he's my protégé and I've been saying, saying this for, for months, uh, Matteo Genduzzi had a blinder. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, Duzi, I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm almost getting used to it. It's like the Saliba performances. I'm, I'm almost getting used to how phenomenal he is. Um, he, it's funny. I, despite that, again, I can't, I really can't fault him for this game. He was, he was phenomenal. But it, it does feel like he is still ending up sometimes in certain positions where he's being asked to do things that he's not naturally prone to, to doing. Um. Which again, he's he's surpassed himself and and his role uh, in 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 more ways than we could have you know hoped for. But um, 
yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he got into the into the right positions. He was disruptive. The, you know, the counter press, uh, uh, creating space. Uh, but again, it still feels slightly awkward. And and I guess it, it, it's um, performances like these that that remind us that it, it is, I think, ultimately a good idea to have him playing where he is playing, which is virtually everywhere. Um, but mostly drifting right towards the right in in attacking possessions but um i think to to come back to uh gerson i just wanted to uh, um, bounce off with something that alex said that i thought was very true is that actually sampaoli it seems is using a false nine sometimes not always as a sort of decoy and and that's why i think when when gerson has a game like he had against Nos, i think we can all agree he was one of the the least uh, uh um, he, he he didn't have the best game out of out of. He didn't shine. He didn't yeah. shine, right? But I think this was one of the first times where I've been saying since the beginning of the podcast, I don't understand what uh, um, Sampali is doing with Jarson, especially at the beginning of the season when he was playing him at like left wing, and I just I hated that. I hated you could just tell by his body movement that he's just not meant to be playing on a wing. Um, mm-hmm. And actually now seeing him at false nine, it still looks awkward uh, in many instances, but he definitely has bought into the kind of decoy role, if we if that's what we want to call it, um, more than a, a Milik um, ever could. He's also more interesting in the you know defensive and defensive aspects in terms of counter pressing and all that. Um, so I, I I thought that Gunduzu was brilliant, but I also finally I think have I've, I've kind of understood what Gerson's role in the team is, um, even though he he did seem a bit upset um, when he got subbed off. But I think he tweeted afterwards saying, you know, I'm I'm willing to do anything for the team or something along those lines. But um, but but yeah, Gunduzu, great. Um, I, Saliba, to me, I think we can talk. I think I, I'll let you guys talk about Saliba, but. For me, he's just. I'm. I'm already sad. To, 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 I'm sad. I mean, I'm. I'm. A, I'm. I love Arsenal. Arsenal are my Premier League team, so I'm very, very happy that he's heading back to Arsenal out of all places. But oh God, I'm so sad he's leaving Marseille. Well, we'll see. I mean, um, not done yet. Not done yet. Who no, knows? We'll see. I guess that, that, that there are. You know, the club will probably push. I think it comes down to him as well. If it, if it comes from him. And he wants to say, um, I think maybe the best we can hope for is an extra season loan. And I take that, especially if we have a transfer ban. Um, but if we can sign him, then we need to get the checkbook out. But that's And that's the question mark is that takes probably quite a lot of our budget. Um, and maybe there'll be bigger clubs coming in, but agreed on Saliba. I mean, um, Julien, do, do you have anything to add on Gendouzi? I mean, I, I, another point that I, I sort of, you, when, when we're discussing Roger now, I mean, the last few games, Gendouzi is, I mean, he's looked a bit a bit tired, obviously, because he plays every minute of every single game, bless him. But uh, I, I I just think with, with Roger, he looks like he, his position, I don't know, he just looks like he has something extra because he, he knows his position on the pitch compared to where Roger is. He, he knows what he can get away with in terms of runs. And, yeah, and yeah, he had a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, I, I think he's, he's he's pairing up very well with Rongier also. Like, like I mean, clearly, you know, you cannot ex- explain the quality of the of the performance uh, OM had had uh, last game without explaining that, like, like the you know the, the the pair of players that are supposed to work together, especially, really worked very well, and the Gendouzi Rongier really works. Um, on um, uh, uh, just a few uh, a few remarks here and there. Uh, Gendouzi's stellar performance uh, um, has started to be a bit um, 
worried about him every time he he gets hurt though because um i always think he's going to end up in the er or at least that his leg has been broken or you know he he, he sounds like he's wounded uh, on the battlefield the way he shouts he does like a scream <laughs> Yeah, he does. He does like a scream. Yeah, and he's very good at it. And I mean, you know, <laughs> seriously, he has a bit of an actor studio performance on that one. Again, you know, and of of course with a almost empty stadium, you know, it resonates so badly. It was, I, <clears throat> I remember it also happened uh, a while ago. Like, I don't remember which game it was. Like maybe a month or two ago. Where also he, you could really see like he he, he got hurt, but the shouts he made, I was like, okay, okay. He's gonna be subbed, subbed out, and you know he's he's dying. The guy is dying, and well, obviously, you know, after five minutes, he's, he's running again. So, but very good, very good, no problem. And Saliba, um, you know, if we think about key moments of the Lens game where things could have gone differently, I think it was the seventh minute. It was Fofana that was running, and the the defensive uh, first the run because. Saliba was behind Fofana, way behind. The way he came back and the way right before Fofana shoots, he managed to tackle the ball and then oh, like pick, pick up the ball, pick up the ball, pick up, pick the ball up and then start starts running again the other side yeah. of the field, like you know, like he's the like he's the king around. This was amazing performance. Like, you know, we we got all hired by Dieng's um bicyclette and uh, and you know, like and, and some of Payet uh, uh, fantastic uh, actions, but this for me, when we'll make a top 20 of the seasons, uh, seasons action, that one in, in part of it, it was great, it was Absolutely, massive after yeah. because that would have changed everything. It was seven minutes, it was minute True. seven. Uh, if Fofana would have scored, it would have been a whole of another game. So, well, that that yeah. fucks up our whole game plan. Yeah, if he scores at that point, yeah, I mean, you, you, you just think, oh, here we go again. You know, we start with good intentions, but we, we can't get through. Um, mm. I guess look, we've covered everything we can about the game. Um, you know, brilliant performance again. A lot of a lot of standout performers as well. Um, I guess just just before as we move on to, to to the next few games, but also just the outlook. I guess you know, I was I was looking at it and looking at the results, but also the performances since Christmas. It, it does seem like we, we're sort of fixing the issues. They're still there, still frustrating, but we're we, we, we're starting to to adapt. And I guess the question is. I feel like we are, but are we hitting peak form at just the right time? Uh, Alex, what do you reckon? That's a, that's a very good question. I think a, a lot will depend how we'll uh, include Bakambu and maybe other recruits. Um, I think we, we definitely, you know, as our, we have our, our defense seems to be sorted, our passing control game seems to be sorted. We all, all of us say like, is that that last you know third of the pitch in attack to that we need to improve and now you know um, Luis Enrique is improving a lot. Um, we have Under who is who is on fire. He's been everywhere again and he did uh, you know that that key pass as well for for the penalty. Um, who is hitting form and he's you know back to his full physique. And now we have uh, Bakambu as well who who brings that that speed. So. If we're able to, especially against low block team at home, if we're able to, to, to break the deadlock um, and find these kind of good runs to, to be able to, to score that first goal and then control the game, 
I, I think will be tough to beat, especially when you look at the calendar, right? It was a difficult patch where we play Bordeaux away, which we know is always difficult for us. We play Lille, which is last year's champion, and Lance away, which is a team that hurt us so much, uh, you know, a few months ago. And and now all the other games are against team which on paper we should be better. Um, obviously, there's Lyon, which is a bit of a special game, but apart from that, we really have yeah. a a good run, a game where we should be able to, you know, uh, lock in the points and and hopefully create that that difference with the team below. Especially as you said at the beginning, with Monaco lost, we starting to make a bit of a difference. And you know, you you can look at the future with optimism. Uh, a lot of the players are playing well. Uh, seems like attack is getting better. Yeah, it's it's looking good. I guess, I guess to, to contextualise uh, Lewis and, and Julien before you guys go next. So we're playing Montpellier in the Cup at home next weekend. Then we're playing uh, Angers at home on Friday, 4th of February. Uh, I will be at the game. So happy that they've gotten rid of this Whee! bullshit. Yeah, Hallelujah. nice one. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's been six years since I went to the Villodome and it wasn't even for wow. the second. It was for the Euros wow. for England, Russia. So you will be a Chanois, hopefully. Nah, <laughs> I hope not. So we're playing Angers, and then, then likely we're playing Lyon away, and then we're playing Metz away, and then we have Carabag at home, and then Trois. So on paper, guys, we, we have like, you know, if you look at those six games, you sort of think minimum four wins. It has to be, no? Please don't say that, Ben. You know how that goes for Marseille. <laughs> as soon as things are looking up, then it all comes crashing down. No, I, I won't say I won't say that's what's going to happen, but... um. I wouldn't be so sure. I always, some of those teams that we've mentioned, uh, I'm always uneasy facing them. Montpellier being one of them. Sometimes I just get a bit, you know, they've got, they've got Digi Savanier, the little, little wizard. Um, well, he, he won't be playing. So, so neither, oh, him, neither, neither him nor Germain will be playing. Germain's the biggest relief for me. Because oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, the, oh. the wizard used. Yeah. The wizard used another player's uh, leg as a carpet, so yeah. that's why he won't be on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I now remember absolutely. It yeah. was quite a nasty but one. But <laughs> they still have threats, you know. Mavidi. I love Teshi, but this was quite nasty. Mavi Didi, the uh, the Arsenal kid. Um, yeah, yeah. I love I love him. He's he's a threat. I don't know. I'm never I never feel comfortable against Montpellier and Angers. I just have some, I guess, PTSD from the last couple seasons where we've had some absolute, I mean, not in terms of results, but we've had some of the more boring games I've ever seen in my life against Angers. Uh, notably, a, a Villas-Boas uh, convincing, I think it was a 2-0 win or 1-0 win, where we just parked the bus against Angers, which I think yes. as a Marseille yeah, fan was... 2-0 away to them, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, as a Marseille fan, that was a bit of a low point, despite it being a victory and Everybody said how Villas Boas was, you know, tactically out, you know, completely took Stefan Moulin to, you know, it, uh, really out outplayed him tactically. I was, I felt, I just felt dirty. It felt like a dirty. <laughs> I, it felt like a Mourinho, Diego Simeone type performance. Villas Boas is the special two, huh? we know. The, yeah, the yeah, the special two, exactly. It felt yeah, like so, a Mourinho performance, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't feel as as comfortable. I think as I would love to say four wins, absolutely, ab- but I just don't feel that comfortable. I guess Julien, I don't know if you're going to echo my feeling, but I, I think what when you look at these games, the opponents, you think, yeah, this should be fine, but actually, 
Um, I've just looked again and quite a few of those games are at home and we're fucking awful at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it, to, to put a bit of, uh, of, I don't know if it's realism or defeatism into the whole, uh, the whole thing. Even if we even if we take the the Lance performance, um, as you said, we were like you know really great for half an hour, but we were we couldn't really we didn't have that many dangerous actions, and we scored on a from a penalty, and then we scored um, the the other goal like from a, a nice shot but a bit semi blunder of, of of a goalkeeper, you know to that doesn't mean that our performance otherwise was great play wise, but if we really look at how dangerous we were in terms of uh, XG. I don't know how much we had, but I, I don't think it, it's that... Uh, 1.3 or something. 1.3. There you go. It wasn't great. There you go. There you go. So, of course, um, what comes to my mind with these six games is like uh, smaller teams, most probably low blocks, um, and at home and, you know, all these problems, goal scoring. So, you know, uh, it's it's only that. The, I, I think we trust, uh, we said that before in the in, in the podcast, like we trust uh, the team and uh, and Sampaoli uh, for at least on 70% of the pitch. Now, the last part is, will we be able to score goals? If we manage to score quite a few goals, um, I think we'll be fine. But uh, otherwise, if we get back into the same... Um, into the same mental blocks and 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 you know we'll we'll have some problems, but uh, we'll see. I, yeah, I, I hope the lance I hope the lance game was some sort of like game changer also mentally you know for the players. Yeah, absolutely. But I I agree. I just I, I'll let yeah, I'll let you guys. Uh, I think you guys will, will agree that I mean there are a couple moments we haven't mentioned him here, and I'd I'd like to do a, a mea culpa here, but Paulo Lopez did save our butts again, um a, a couple times. Uh, I, I I couldn't have been more wrong. I think about well, him. One after one, Alex. One after one. Him, Steph's done it. Now now Lewis is doing it. One after one. Yeah, I think we all have to. Uh, I still <laughs> I still maintain that I I there are moments where I just I see a bit of you know frailty in his in his stopping, but I mean off the line he's so quick. He reads the game so well. He's part of the build up. So yeah, if you're listening, pal. Lo siento. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'll never doubt you again. But he of did save us. There's a couple. I mean, you know, Saliba saving us on the on the Fafana uh, play. There's a bit where uh, um, uh, Kamara uh, had, and this I think I would love you your guys' take on this because the, the you know when Kamara drops in uh, to help out in the defense, right, as a sort of fifth defender. Um, there, there are bits where he seemed confused, despite having a great game. I don't think we've mentioned him, but there are bits where he seemed confused between dropping in as a, as a five and then pressing. And I think there was a huge chance. I think it was the Sotoka shot that Paulo Lopez saved, where Kamara just kind of pressed at the wrong moment. And all of a sudden, there's these huge spaces in behind where sure. um, where we're just, you know, one-on-one. They're one-on-one with the keeper. And those I'm slightly worried about. Now, obviously, they didn't hurt us on the weekend. Um but I wonder what you guys think, especially against, you know, the low blocks and the counters and stuff. If we're pressing at the wrong time, I guess we're being I'm being a bit picky here because obviously, you know, everything can't be perfect. But no, but I, it's true. Yeah. No, it, it's sorry. And, and you know, I, I think I think it's very true. We, we need to realize that for, for the last, I don't know, let's say 10 minutes of the first half after we scored the goal, 
we're still at that, that big line, but we, because we're not pressing the Lance defender well, they were able to get these these through ball. And what Lance did, they put a lot of striker up like, you know, forwards who were there on the line with our defense and darting forward, re ready to run. And, and we had a lot of difficulties to defend that. And as you said, sometimes they had one guy coming in, uh, you know, between our middle and, and defense and camera was coming out of our defensive line. And they used that gap to to get a through ball like, a couple of times, which is very, very dangerous. And that's why I think in the second half, we purposely decided um, that we're going we're gonna to play with a low block which is not at all what Sampaoli kind of like or, or do, but it's because we as, as a compact team are not always that good to defend through ball when we have a high line. Um, so, And I think that was also one of the things that, that was said after is uh, in the first half, Camara moved too much to, to defend that, that kind of you know, uh, middle area and he wanted him to stay in that back five. And because of that, we played lower on the pitch so leaving a lot less space for the last uh, attackers and so, so it's true that if we attack if we're struggling to score and play with our high line there is some risk we, we can get countered and that has happened counter of time many times at home and it could have happened against Lance. and in the opposite side it's true that we're not really still that of, a, of killers up front because uh, we have the ball a lot, but we don't take a lot of risk on our passes. There were a lot better runs over the last few games, but still, in terms of chance created and shot, it's still far from perfect. So could we uh, still have the same game like, like Reims lately at home when they, they park the bus for the first half and the second half they bring uh, one of their fast guys and counter us you know, once or twice during the game? Yes, definitely. Um, and that's where we need to improve that, you know, the strike force and the, the, the forwards, you know, having Under, Under back on form, the back on Boo, hopefully Milik as well in the mix. We, we need to have that killer instinct so we can manage the, the, the risk in this game a lot better than what we have, uh, you know, uh, at home. Yeah, I guess the, 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 to finish on this, the biggest, <clears throat> the biggest worry for me is that I'm, I'm all for we sit deep for a bit and weather the storm, but when you see how, how difficult it is for us to create chances, you sort of go, you do that at two or three nil, fair enough. But when it's only one nil, you know, that it looks like we're almost playing for the draw already. So it is a big risk just because you, you, you do question our ability to then go to the other side of the pitch and, and get another goal. Um, to, 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 be fair, to be fair, we we we, we I think we, we quite actually when you have when you have Jiang, especially when you have Jiang, or hopefully Bakambu, I think we have that that kind of key you know striker starting from the left that we're able to to put in good position. It has happened quite a lot, you know, at Monaco, I think in uh, Angers, uh, Bordeaux in the second half, stuff like that. So I, I think it's okay. Uh, but yeah, we, we you know as soon as we score a goal, and most like we just backtrack totally, and it's just such two opposite way of playing football. Either we are full on in the opposition uh, way, or you know parking the bus. So it's it's quite a funny switch. I guess we'll, we'll conclude on the game. I mean, look, we've, we've said everything there is to say, and uh, you, all of you have gone really deep on tactical analysis, which is really good. Um, it's nice to, to be able to compare back to like three or four months ago when we were highlighting the frustrations of things that were working. Now we can highlight the things that are working. I guess that the main takeaway, uh, we can do one each quickly, I think for me is, uh, you know, we've got a game in hand, but we're five points clear of, 
of the fourth place um, Strasbourg currently. Uh, you sort of look at it and you go, we're digging a gap now. And, and with the run of games we have coming up, Nice will be annoying. They've, they've got five wins in a row. They're going to be annoying because of Galtier and because of the way they play. And they, they just, they're scoring a lot from corners and penalties and they just seem so realistic in, in taking their chances. But you, you, I sort of look at it and go, well, we, we could, if we have a good run here, and notably because Rennes are playing Lyon and quite a few of these teams behind us are playing each other in the next five games, we could cement top three, uh, not cement, but we could make it look very likely with sort of seven or eight point gap by the end of uh, February. And uh, that would be an ideal scenario to be in. And we can only hope. Um, but I guess to weather, to, to sort of temper that optimism, third place is, 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 isn't really what it used to be because, because France don't have a seeded team anymore. You have two yeah. rounds of qualifying. And we saw with, even with Monaco, yes, with the Monaco that, that had struggles, but Monaco, you know, failed to qualify in the qualifying round. They, they lost to Shakhtar Donetsk and, if we get a bad draw in the qualifying rounds, you could easily miss out on the group stage. So second place has to be the priority. But what what, what was your takeaway, Julien? What's what's your main takeaway going into um, the next games? Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm. I'm just gonna make a few comments about um, about Lille and about what you're saying. Uh, maybe for our listeners who are a bit less uh, used to to the French league or things like that. Um, just about Nice. It's it's very interesting because. They don't play. They don't. They have a very different playing style than what we have. Like they have this uh, sort of much more direct and, in a way, counter-attacky 4-4-2. You know, like Galtier style kind of play. And they are uh, still there. They sensibly face the same problems than we than we do, which is that they they are very good away and they don't score uh, much at home. So it's interesting because despite or both team, despite we both have a very different playing style, uh, they have they have the same problem than than we have. So it's it's interesting. I, I don't know why, but it's, it's interesting. And the the other comment, yes, is it's about this third place for the for the Champions League. Um, I think I don't remember exactly the exact exact uh, things, but to give you an idea, it's like over the last seven or eight seasons. Uh, I think only one French club qualified from that spot. All the others in the end uh, ended up in the Europa League, couldn't qualify. And also, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe at least um, maybe two. But uh, I think uh, Monaco did it once. But uh, if, if you look at uh, at in the past, uh, a lot of them didn't uh, didn't uh, do it. And um, yeah, and also the the other. Um, yeah. If I failed, uh, I don't. Well, I don't remember exactly right now, but we'll, I'll, I'll have to. I we can check. And the other, the other point was also like um, most of these teams also have had a very difficult, at least, uh, beginning of the next season always because your preparation is difficult because you have these these uh, main very important uh, game which is the the decider, the playoff for the for the for the Champions League. Early on, still in the in the summer, during the Mercato, uh, your team is not fully ready. You, you don't even know if you're going to get the... Um, you cannot really build up the team early, money-wise, because you're not sure, how, am I going to get this 30-plus million euros more if, if I make it to the to the group stage or not? So you have to build up your team, uh, you know, without that certainty. And it's it's been very tough for, for these teams. Um... Yeah, that, so, that, money, um, um, that cap yeah. is, uh, is going to increase from uh, not this season, the, the one after, because I think 
think they're on the verge of signing a new huge TV deal. And that I think that could be closer to 40, 42 instead of 30, which for Ligue 1, yeah. for Marseille or Lyon or Monaco is, is going to make a huge fucking difference in their, yeah. in their yeah. budgets and, and how they how they can further dominate and cement their position in, in that top three in Ligue 1. Because if you miss that kind of money for two years, look at Lyon, you know, they're falling behind. So it's going to become even more important soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's and it's it's already tough for for this team. So, so a lot of uh, commenters are saying that this third place is a bit of a poison gift or something like that. So we have to take that in in, in account. I, I would still take uh, third place, but uh, yeah, uh, second place would be way much way better. And I guess I guess I hope that uh, we'll have to be better than Nice. It looks like they'll be. You know, it le- it looks like it will be a mano a mano against Nice and I hope we'll, uh, they, we'll be a bit yeah. better than them. I guess the, the main difference is they, they have no other competitions than Ligue 1 left. We do. We do. We have two. Uh, so, yeah. That, that no, they're playing, aren't they playing PSG? Aren't they playing PSG in the uh, in the Coupe yes. de France or is that Ligue? Yeah. Yeah, they're oh, playing PSG. La Ligue's gone. Well, they're playing PSG. So, so France, I, repeat, yeah. I repeat, they will likely have only one competition. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> um, very good point. But, but yeah, it's... Uh, We'll see. It's going to be it's going to be Manu a Manu, as Junior says. I guess Alex, are you are you going to inject some optimism here and, and instead of looking at third place, are you going to are you going to tell us where on joue le titre or what? <laughs> no. What what I'll say is it's in our hands, right? We, we are we play Nice at home, and you know when you, when you look at the schedule, there's a lot of games that that we can win. Will we win? You know who knows, especially at home. But but it's in our hands. We have the capability to do it and. And, you know, I think especially if we can lot, not lose against Lyon, then, you know, which would leave Lyon far away from us. I'm always scared of them, even if they are 15 points behind. Um, it's just basically in our hands now. There's a lot of games we can we can take a lot of points. We just have to do it. So uh, a bit like at the end of, of, of last year when, uh, you know, in like uh, end of November and December, there were a lot of games that we, we could take points and create a big difference. We didn't quite do it. It was OK, but not great. But now that the team is all back on form and feel like we, we you know, hitting our stride at the right moment, like we just need to make it happen. At least secure that third place, like move all the others, losers far away from us. And then, then we'll be fine. We'll get Nice at home, and it will be a cracking game. Yeah, and if I could just finish nice on, on, a, on a short-term uh, takeaway, because um, I agree with you guys, is uh, I, I hate third place. Third place, I'll take it. Uh, just like I think you guys have said, I'll take it. But I hate, I hate the idea of third place. But more short-term, I'm, I'm really interested to see what we do with uh, Milik and and Luis Enrique, uh, especially Luis Enrique, who I said in the chat, I'm not sure. If we do loan him out, I'm not sure where to, because actually for him to slot right into a starting 11 midseason, he'd have to be going to a second division team in, in Europe or third division in, 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 in England. Um, I, can't, I can't really see a good option. I think the only reason he's getting minutes with us is that we have this sort of, sort of adoration for him, which I share. I, I love the kid, but... Um, and, and I think everybody kind of wants him to succeed. I think Pablo, the, you know, being the one responsible for bringing him here. Um, so I'm really interested to see. It's not really a takeaway. It's more of a, of a question. I just I really want to know what we uh, what we do with him. 
So, uh, so yeah, but optimistic overall, though, apart from apart from Luis. <laughs> but yeah, let's hope let's hope he can do something. But um, as we've seen, he gets the chances. Um, he's just he's just not decisive. So it's well and good. Like Jason, even even if Jason is is not scoring or getting many assists, through through what you were saying earlier, Lewis, with his actions and the way he he sort of drifts and drags players and and he's understood his role, he still plays a decisive role in in the tactic and the performance of his teammates. And Enrique just seems like one of those where you know sometimes he's counterproductive and other times he, he he's good but without ever being brilliant and. That's that's where he needs to sort of really you know let loose a bit more and and it just feels like he's got the handbrake on. But anyway, moving on to I guess the, probably one of the final times this month, probably next month will uh, well, well sorry next week will will probably coincide this 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 record uh, the recording with uh, with transfer deadline day. But we've brought in Bakambu, we've brought in uh, Kolasinac now. Um, we've Amavi's gone out. Um, <clears throat> In typical fucking fashion, he's gone to Nice and he was in the team of the week for, for L'Equipe this year. This week. <laughs> that was just to spite us. That was L'Equipe yeah, trying yeah, to spite yeah. us. So, um, Come on now. And, uh, and Dario Benedetto was also confirmed, well, been confirmed. He's gone back to Boca Juniors. Like, you know, thanks for the for the thanks for the, the memories, but it just it just wasn't the right climate for him. I think that it wasn't the right OM for him. Barbecue um, weren't good enough. Well, he 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 had his good moments and he scored some important goals for us, and then he. I think, like many of our strikers, he just got fed up of, of not getting the ball and had him drop deeper and deeper. Got you know lost fitness and got frustrated, and and then was was part of a squad that that was going through a tough time with uh, with the end of Vero and the end of Villas Boas. You know, it was um, it was just wrong place, wrong time ultimately for him. But anyway, the the, the question is, apart from Tagliafico, which seemingly San Paolo is now put to bed because it, it was seemingly him or Kalasinac. Do you guys expect any more signings? And and if you do, can you name one that you would like? First, I think it depends if Alvaro goes. Seems like he's going. And in that case, is uh, Kolasinac enough as um, you know replacement of uh, Luan Perez? And then you know if there's a uh, you know will we sell also Chaletacha? Will will we sell Camara? Now with the way we're playing now, I don't think we will unless it's you know some big money on the table. But who knows? There's still a, a lot can happen, and uh, our friend um, Pablo, our president, uh, loves transfers and loves finding good gems. So I don't have any name for you, man. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, in a way, I just thought now that we'll we'll keep the the squad as it is. Um, if anything, I'd like to have another left winger who can. <clears throat> you know, dribble and I maybe cross. Yeah, maybe Bakambu, apparently. So. Yeah, but he's not, the way I see it, to to, to what I understand of this player, he's a bit like a Jiang. He's not a winger. He's a guy on the wing that comes in the box and, you know, score goals. He's not a winger to help a Milik scoring goals, for instance. I, I don't I don't see it that way. Um, so to have another winger who can really make a difference and creating chances and crossing or you know doing back passes within the box and stuff like that could be useful because Luis Enrique and Conrad they still haven't still very young and uh, haven't been quite to the level we we, we hope for so 
it could be useful um, if we sell Camara or, or, or Chaleta Sam, maybe another defender. Uh, but overall, look, I'm I'm happy with the squad. And just, if we don't sign anybody else, but don't lose anyone, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, just apparently it came out late, um, late earlier today. I've not seen it from a from a confirmed source, but it's apparently Man United have stepped up their interest in Camara. Apparently, they they've agreed five year contract with him. Um, wow. And we've, we've said 12 million. I, I, I've not seen it from, from any confirmed certified sources yet. So. I thought he wanted to join a top club. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, shade. Um, we'll see, but apparently that's, yes, that's, that's, that's the story that's come out. So we'll see. Um, Lewis, do you have anyone in mind if, if it was possible? Uh, if it was possible, again, I think I think uh, Alex made a good point. It depends on the center back uh, movements. I think there are a few potential, I guess, backup center backs that we could. Uh, and obviously, I've been thinking about this all week, and now you're asking me the question, and I can't think of an actual name. Um, this is how these things go, isn't it? Um, I uh, I was looking. I, was, I thought of somebody the other day. I think if a winger now this might be slightly out of left field here, but uh, if if we if we can get a left winger or actually any winger, even a right winger, um, when when Chengis goes and plays on the left uh, to be on his strong foot, um, I was thinking of of kind of Premier League uh, bench players who aren't getting much game time. And I I just I really I Jose Perez uh, from uh, from Leicester is a guy that kind of has been coming on at the kind of 80th minute Jeez. recently and he's not getting much game time under Brendan Rodgers. I really like your thinking there. I used to And know. yeah, and he was great with Newcastle and he's just always felt like one of those players that a very Marseille player actually, the kind of player that gets everybody excited for two games and then he's all of a sudden he's quite he's quite a campus, uh, campus like, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He's got the the grinta as we love to we love the Grinta in Marseille, don't we? So I think, yeah, I, I guess, again, this isn't linked. There are no rumors whatsoever linking him to us at all. But I think if we were to keep our center backs and we could get an, uh, an extra winger, I think a guy like him who's out of playing time and who could potentially help us, you know, qualify Champions League, I think would be great. But yeah. Julien, yeah. you're on the spot. Oh. I have absolutely no lead on any player whatsoever. I I, have, I really don't follow much of transfers. I I follow when they arrive, but I don't follow the the rumors because you know it's, it takes too much time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from that, um, if, eventually, if Dieng cannot play much because of uh, the the decision from uh, the the you mean gay board and FIFA and etc. In, you mean gay? Uh, gay, sorry, I always said, sorry, yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah, gay, yeah, gay. Um, uh, and especially if uh, Rongier plays a lot in um, as, a, as a right back, uh, maybe I could also eventually imagine a defensive mi- midfielder in a rip, like also to a bit as a sub for uh, for Buba Kamara. And if yeah. Buba would, uh, if Buba leaves, if, like, yeah, we would maybe a player like that also. And wingers, of course, that, that would, uh, that would certainly, you... certainly yeah. not be too much. Somebody what about Fofana? Admirer of our friend, uh, after oh, I wouldn't that. say no to Fofana. <laughs> Fofana, Fofana would be incredible, but Jeez. we'd have to break the bank as well. So, yeah. Uh, turn, much, yeah. turn off the PlayStation, Lewis. Um, <laughs> I guess <laughs> the, the, the last the last item before we, we, we call it quits for the night, and it's interesting because I had this debate with friends that we watched game with on Saturday night. Now, we've covered the news thing, which was the fans back in stadiums. I'll be one of them. I'm over the moon about that, and I can't wait. But knowing, knowing... OM, it's a home game. We'll probably draw 1-1. Um, 
Um, I guess one, one thing we were debating the other night, and I'll ask you guys the question because I had an answer and I thought that, that people would side with me, but actually everybody else, everybody said the opposite. So uh, Papi, who was with us on Saturday, uh, Alex, for, just to, to illustrate, he was like, what would you prefer if you had the choice, if you, had to, you could win one, would it be the Conference League or the Coupe de France? Um, I, I, I would prefer the, the, the Conference League just because it's, it's a European Cup. Hopefully PSG shit themselves again and we'd just be able to, they would never live this down if we win another European Cup before then. Even if it's the shit one, you know, whatever, I don't care. It's a European trophy. It's uh, it, it, on paper, it looks a bit easier of a run in terms of the opposition that's left, the quality that's left compared to the Coupe de France where there's still PSG inevitably they'll beat us. Um, and it's just it's a European trophy. It sends a message to you know puts us back on the map in Europe. Um, no, the, the question should be: Would you rather win the uh, Conference Cup or beating Paris in the final of the Coupe de France? Well, no, that, that's that's beating Paris in the, the you choose Paris for that. But um, I'm I'm just putting it out there. Um, I'd prefer a European Cup. What would you go? What uh, Julien? What do you think? Uh, I would take both or nothing. Or another question would be: Would you take both uh, both cups and we finish fourth and not top three? That's not a question. That's, that's okay. A <laughs> that's <one>. a horrible. <laughs> <question>. <laughs> Sorry, it was not a question. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I had to choose, of course, uh, it seems crazy to to be picky about the title because we've had so few of them lately. But um, I would take the the Conference League uh, all the way, all the way. I'm. Um, you know, France so far in the in her glorious club history, France has won two European Cups. Um, out of which so, exist out of which, yeah, out of which one doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, I mean, you know, countries like Sweden, countries like Sweden have have more uh, more wins, or Scotland, or lots of countries have more wins than we do. So, um, uh, uh, no, Scotland, uh, Steph, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Definitely, conference uh, conference league would be great. Scotland do have more than than, than France. They have Aberdeen won one. Yeah, yeah. Won one, well, more than one. Yeah, yeah. yeah they exactly. have they Scotland. have more. And yeah. a few other countries, a few other countries. Belgium, I think, have more. And yeah, well, uh, uh, Bel Belgrade won two, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys on this one. I think there's always one. I have to. I it, uh, Conference League for me, I think this is because I spent uh, a good part of, of last year and the beginning of this year in, in England where the Conference League was the competition that Tottenham were in. And so I had a, a lot of laughs at the expense of my uh, Tottenham fan friends saying, oh, where are you guys playing this week in like a sixth division Bulgarian league, you know, uh, as you say, I mean, for, for English fans, I mean, and oh, even for English, English professional, when when the, when we finished, well, when when the Europa League teams played their last game, and they interviewed Brendan Rodgers from Leicester and said, "What well, in, into the Conference League? What are your thoughts?" He, he looked like he he'd, he'd forgotten about it and didn't realize yeah. that they were going. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's kind of been my that's I I remember uh, being with a Tottenham fan friend uh, when they lost one nil to the Beavers of Pacos de Ferreira, who are like eighth in the portuguese league and i just thought i want i don't care if it's for arsenal or marseille i don't want any part of it it just looks like it looks like a walking train wreck um it, it, it you know it's got it's got teams like as roma losing six nil to bodo glimt 
Uh, it's got Tottenham losing to NK Mora or whatever that team was. I just don't want any part of it. So actually, I'd be completely fine. It just seems like a bunch of extra games for nothing for a, a, a tin pot trophy. Whereas the Coupe de France actually just kind of like the FA Cup in England um, actually has some sort of significance. Uh, when Rennes beat PSG in the final couple of years ago, I was over the moon, obviously because they beaten PSG, but it's a, I, there's, you know, there's a real story to it. It becomes boring when the final is like it was two years ago. I think PSG against, um, uh, no, the, what was that? What was that? Fourth oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It is. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, as much as the petit poussé story is always nice. Like I'm, I'm very bored never, by that. It never works. Yeah. But when it's, yeah, I guess, remember, um, we played them, we played PSG in the final, I think it was five or six years ago and we lost four, yes. two, um, and I would have really, really wanted to win that game. Whereas a game against, I mean, if we lose to Karabag Agdam, I I really couldn't care less. <laughs> I I understand that, you know, wanting to win a European trophy, but it, it feels like a consolation prize. And it also, it's it's just, it qualifies us for the Europa League, which feels like, again, it just, it's, I hate that. I, I just hate everything about the Conference League. I hate the name. I hate the trophy. I hate the everything so um, I'm, I'm coupe de france all the way i, I get um, what you say but if we play teams like roma like celtic like leicester all the way you know, I, I think it, it could be fun but it, okay if it's grab a back uh, till uh you know that that type of team till pretty much the end and maybe not but you know if you're playing celtic i'd love to go to celtic park and and support loem there or if we're playing roma you know it's it's team that you know I fancy seeing these games playing Mourinho's Roma. Uh, you know, look, looks fun. So let's see. I guess on on the um just on the Coupe de France, uh, Lewis. I guess you know if you if you were super optimistic as a Marseille fan, which which many of, of us are, and then we we learn the hard way that we we are not allowed to dream with this club. Um, you know, we haven't won it since '89, but then again, we haven't won in Bordeaux since fuck knows when. So. Is this the year where the where the where the, where the curses end? Is it the year? Who yes, knows? the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is unequivocally yes. This is the year. Um, I I would, and it's also as as I think it was Alex or Julien who said it's going to be most likely against PSG. I mean, we we saw what they did against France yesterday. They didn't even play well, and they beat them four 0 So yeah, it, with, any nice, nice, with any luck, Nice beat them. We'll see. We'll see, but most likely it'll be against PSG. In which case, I'll take a, a Coupe de France final victory over PSG uh, over basically anything, bar you know, birth of my first child. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd really that that would really do it for me. Right on this note of optimism, let's call it a night. Thank you all for listening. Thanks guys for joining. Pleasure as always, and we'll be back with you next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.